You are listening to the Phenom NBA Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network. Powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phenom NBA show. My name is Zach Goldstein, and I'm here with Harris Goldstein. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about NBA injuries and COVID-19 concerns. In the middle of the podcast, you'll hear a few interviews that Harris got to have with some New York Knicks players. But before we get started, make sure to follow Phenom Media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, and take a look at the articles posted on phenommedia.net. Harris, do you want to start off? Sure. So for our first injury, we have John Morant, and he has an ankle sprain, and he is out four to six weeks, probably about two to four now because for that matter. But John Morant, especially when you're a young team and you've got a young star point guard who's looking like he could be an all-star, he's putting up great numbers already, making the team look really good, and that just sets the Grizzlies back, especially as a team that could be contending for the eighth seed. Uh, we saw it last year with them where they were uh, on the cusp of making the playoffs in the bubble. And that's just not a good loss for any team like the Grizzlies. Uh, but on the other side, we've seen a lot of players step up. Uh, Kyle Anderson's been great so far. Yeah, Kyle Anderson has really stepped up for them, especially defensively. He's doing a great job on defense and also scoring the ball, which really hasn't ever been his number one strength, but he's doing it now, and that's really all that matters for him. And not only Kyle Anderson is is improving and having a nice impact on their team, but Dylan Brooks is shooting lights out. He's been playing really well, and Valanchunas has been crashing the boards for them. So those three players have been key pieces to them, even being able to compete with teams right now, despite having John Morant injured and also Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah, and especially um, in that first game, the game where they lost Morant against the Nets, they were they were able to pull out a win, and it was a good win for that team. It showed that, you know, Morant's been their best player, but they can do it without Morant, and that really sets a precedent for this team going forward that if they lose somebody, that, that somebody has to step up, um, and that's really important for this team. It, it's It's a matter of will Dylan Brooks – be that guy for you when Morant's not there? Can Jaron Jackson Jr. be that guy? Can Kyle Anderson come in and be like a third option? Can Dallin Chunas be great? And I, I think that the Grizzlies, um, while this is really going to hurt them, I think uh, the team has been playing great so far and are uh, doing their best and to minimize the um, effects of a Morant loss, which they're 
even though the record doesn't show it, they've been uh, doing pretty all right. They're players that have been stepping up now. It's nice to know uh, if you're a Grizzlies fan, it's good to know what players are going to be stepping up and, and really taking that first scoring option from John Morant when he's injured. But they're not doing amazing right now with without him. As individuals, yes, they Brooks and Valanchunas and Anderson have been able to step up, but they're not winning their games. They're two and four without Morant. And that that's just, the problem. Yeah, that just shows the impact that Morant has on the team. They're a borderline playoff team with him on the team, but now without him, they're not looking too good. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies need to start playing more team basketball. I think that's what they're missing at the moment. And I think that's what Morant brings you besides, you know, all-star numbers and great and great play from the point guard position. And they really need somebody to step up at the guard position, while, whether it's Tyus Jones, Grayson Allen, one of those guys. Right. Agreed. So for our next player that has unfortunately had a season-ending injury towards ACL is Spencer Dinwiddie. Zach, do you want to talk about him? Yeah, and that's just a horrible loss for um, the the Nets, especially when they're looking to contend. You got to have you know a bad, great backup point guard if you're looking to contend. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is one of the most important guys on their roster. He's a glue guy off the bench. He's a guy who can give you 20 points per game if you need it, especially right now where you know the Nets had injury concerns, not uh, they had uh, COVID concerns with. Kevin Durant being out for a few games, Kyrie Irving taking a personal break. Um, so in these situations, this is where you need Spencer Diddy to sh- Dinwiddie to show up, and that's what he did for this team last year. Obviously, no Durant last year. Um, Kyrie wasn't there for most of the season. And this is where it's really going to hurt when you have these games that um, you don't have your star players, and then Dinwiddie could be that guy who steps up, but he's obviously, obviously not there right now. Um, and this definitely hurts their depth, which, especially at the guard position, was considered to be one of their strong suits. Um, and this is just all around bad news for the Nets, and especially going forward if they want to contend in the years years to come. Spencer Dinwiddie is a must-have. And it's these types of games where you don't have your star players, you don't have this guy or that guy, where this can make the, this can make or break your season between maybe being like a three or a four seed, a two or a three, one or a two, whatever it is, it, it can make a huge difference. I mean, I understand that that the loss of Spencer Dinwiddie was really, really big and impactful for them because he's such a key role as a role player for them. And now that they have a hole at the shooting guard spot in their starting lineup, but they got Karis LeVert off the bench, who. I'm very happy that Steve Nash has kept him off the bench and tried putting players in like in the shooting guard spot to replace Dinwiddie, like Landry Shamit and TLC and Bruce Brown. He's experimenting with other players except for Karis LeVert, which might sound like a bad thing. But when Karis LeVert played in the bubble, he proved to be a first option. And to be able to have a player off the bench that you can rely on, like a Manu Ginobili or Lou Williams type of player, is really important for that team. So at least they still have some depth. It's not like with the loss of Dinwiddie that all their depth is gone. They still have two uh, very solid centers and Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. They have good power forwards. Really, the 
The only hole in their lineup right now would be the shooting guard position because they lost Dinwiddie, but they have players to fill in for that starting position. It's just a matter of who right now. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I mean, that they still do have depth, but it is a big hit, especially at the two guard. Um, and now you're going to have to play different types of lineups, maybe move guys who are point guards or small forwards down to shooting guard if need be. Um, and now uh, Coach Nash is going to have to play a bunch of new different lineups instead of being able to stick with consistency throughout the year. Um, but I, I think the the now lack of depth at the uh, shooting guard spot can hurt in other places. Say you got to move a guy down from uh, small forward to shooting guard, then you've got a hole there or you've got a hole of power forward. If you move like Jeff Green down to small forward or something like that, like those little things could really add up for this team and that could be concerning. I understand that that it could add up eventually and, and that's those were the problems that they faced with last season. But they have guys that aren't even their backups that can still step up for them and do their job for the Nets. It, like yeah, of course. Tyler Johnson, Chris Chioza, they still got some solid players. And even like Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown only played 13 minutes prior to the Dinwiddie injury. And now he's getting really quality playing time. He's obviously not the best offensive player, but he's doing a great job on defense, which mm-hmm. is a key thing in the Nets roster that they're, that they were missing. So, yeah. So and even you really got to hope that um, these guys do step it up uh, so that, um, there's a consistency there while Dinwiddie's gone because that's going to be their key. Um, moving on to our next player, we've got Markel Fultz. You want to start start off with the Fultz? Yeah, so this is a, a pretty tough injury to see, not only for Magic fans, but all NBA fans. Markel Fultz has been struggling since the start of his career with injuries, and now that he's finally on the right team of the Magic and no longer on the Sixers where they had Ben Simmons as their top playmaker. And with Simmons and Fultz, whose both their games are are primarily based on playmaking, it wasn't really the best fit for Fultz and not really the right pick for, for Philadelphia. So he had a rough start in, in Philadelphia, but now that he, he was on a Magic team where he was able to find the right fit and the right play style, on this magic team, he was finally finding his steps and finally finding the path that he was going to go on in his NBA career. And to see his injury happen like this and to, for it to be season ending a torn ACL is upsetting. Yeah, it, it's it's a huge loss and it's really sad for a team that so far has been really good. I mean, they've been six and four. They don't have Jonathan Isaac. Obviously, they don't have um, uh they don't have Markel Fultz anymore. Al Farouk Aminu has been hurt. Um, so other guys are going to have to step up now. And who knows, maybe this puts a wrench in any playoff run they want to make because they're looking like a playoff team now with the way Nikola Vucevic has been playing. And uh, other guys, it's really a big loss for them. And they really, really, really are going to need Cole Anthony to start playing like an NBA player. He's been horrible so far. And only nine points a game on 31% shooting and 17% from three. That's awful. And they're not going to go anywhere if they've got point guard play like that. I was going to mention Cole Anthony 
about how he really has to step up for that team. And yes, he's not really shooting the most efficient now and that he's still kind of adjusting himself into that roster and getting a lot of minutes as a young player. But like I said in last podcast, some players just need some time to develop. You can't expect yeah. players to be these amazing all-star caliber players or or even even like really, really good role players. So with Cole Anthony, I'm not really concerned with his rough start because he's getting a lot of playing time and a lot more pressure and reliance is being put on him to make this Orlando Magic team successful. And with the way Vucevic is playing, I think he'll he'll be able to kind of balance that out. And eventually Cole Anthony will find his rhythm and hopefully be successful for an Orlando Magic team that could be maybe even like a six seed in the East this season. Yeah, I really hope hope so. Um, but with the injury to um, Markel Fultz, that certainly speeds up what Cole Anthony's going to have to do. He doesn't have as much time now to develop with this injury, if the Magic want to continue playing this the way they have been, and they really need a point guard, uh, Michael Carter Williams is hurt right now, Tua I think, um, so they're really lacking guard depth. And so for the Magic's sake, of course Cole Anthony's a rookie. Not every rookie is great right off the bat, as you said, but he's really going to have to pick it up quickly if they want to continue playing at the level they're playing at. Yes, I, I do agree that he is going to have to pick it up, and I, I think he will. It, it's just a matter of time. You just got to give him some time. And yeah. so, like, they've – they believe it or not, I, I think they have a lot of overlooked depth in their lineup. They've got two very solid uh, big men in Aaron Gordon and Vucevic, and Vucevic is putting on a show for them this season. He's having a very, very, very good season. So just – that that team overall, I think, is still going to succeed, even if Cole Anthony may not step up or just may not be that player that they're looking for in his rookie season. Because, yes, it at the same time of it being likely for him to step up, it's it's also unlikely because some players need over a season to develop. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to our fourth player that we're going to talk about and which I think is probably the most major and impactful injury to their team is Thomas Bryant. And he just tore his ACL versus the heat yesterday. What do you think of that, Zach? Uh, I think that's a huge loss. And for a wizards team that has already been struggling to lose a guy who's been extremely efficient, who's been able to shoot the ball extremely efficiently I think this is just a massive loss and it's really crippling to a team that wants to make a playoff run like the Wizards. He was giving you 14 and six a night on 65 and 43. Uh, that Those stats are incredible. And when you've got a um, Russell Westbrook in your lineup who has never been known to, to be a great shooter, he's struggling so far with efficiency. Um, that's no good for the Wizards. And that just takes away from all the de- from the lack of defense that they already had. And this team is going to have some struggles this year, for sure. Yeah, definitely the, the most major injury out of these so far. But Thomas Bryant is their key rebounder, their big men that, that they really need to 
put that lineup together that is very weak defensively. And yes, Brian is also pretty weak defensively, but at least you have a big man that you can yeah. put in the paint and kind of be some type of intimidator for the opposing team. And also just to add along to what you were saying with Westbrook, Westbrook's not a very efficient player. So when, when you got Thomas Bryant placed in the paint, a very big player, he, he's going to rebound the ball for you and, and just get you easy buckets from close range. And also he's been able to expand his range. He's kind of developing a jump shot. Now he's been comfortable with shooting the three point shot a little more. So the loss of Thomas Bryant is going to be huge going forward for the wizards. Yeah. It's an absolutely crippling injury to this team. And while it's not like when you think about players like we, that we've already mentioned, like um, Spencer Dinwiddie or John Morant, um, he's not the biggest name, but he's their glue guy. Um, he's a guy that brings everything together in it. And um, it, it's not a guy you want to lose, especially. Yeah. And because now they're going to have to play guys like Mo Wagner a lot, Robin Lopez, like uh, Pasta Sneaks. They're going to have to play smaller lineups now too, because they don't have the flexibility to play those types of lineups. Davis Bertanzas might have to take a step up defensively, and that is definitely not what he's known for. Um, yeah, this is just not. This is just no good all around. Yeah, and and if you compare it to a team like the Nets, where they lost Dinwiddie, at least the Nets have some guards that they could replace Dinwiddie with, and even their weakest guards like Chioza and Tyler Johnson, like they could still get some quality minutes and and play their role for the Nets, but with the Wizards, you got like Robin Lopez, who's their backup center, and then Mo Wagner, really not the strongest options, and like safety players in case a position that you're kind of thin at gets injured and then you have to play them. So it's really not going to look so good for the center position for the Wizards going forward. And also, like you said, they might have to play Davis Bertans at center, and he's really not known for really any elements of what a big man possesses. He's a perimeter player that shoots the three ball and his game is is focused on the offense. It's He's not a good defensive player. Not really anyone mm -hmm. on the Wizards is good defensively. So even if you're, you're going to have to put like Bertans at the center position, it's really not going to look good for the Wizards. And even Bertans, you know, he's known as a shooter and he's not been shooting the ball well this year. He's shooting 35% from the field and 32.5% from three. Um, for a guy that's known as the Latvian laser, you can't be having that, especially when you lose guys to injuries. This is no good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that is going to be rough for the Wizards going forward. So for, yeah. so for our final injury, we've got TJ Warren with a left foot injury and with him and the Pacers, he had a very, very successful bubble performance in the first 10 games, not really much in the playoffs because they played the Heat who would go on to make the finals and have an amazing playoffs run to make the finals. But with the loss of TJ Warren, a left foot injury, which he just had surgery on, he's definitely gonna be out for at least a month. And with that Pacers team, they, they actually have good depth, too. They've got Oladipo. They've got Brogdon, Miles Turner, and probably the most underrated player in the league who NBA.com said is currently eighth 
in the MVP running, Demonis Sabonis. So even though TJ Warren is injured, Demonis Sabonis has stepped up even with TJ Warren on the team more than he ever has in his career. And Oladipo is probably going to get back to himself soon because he just needed some time to get back from his really bad injury that he missed a lot of time from. So that and Brogdon, Brogdon's going to continue uh, putting the ball in the basket for them. He's a great scorer and a great playmaker. Miles Turner's a defensive anchor. So they've really, even with Warren injured, they've got all the elements to step up and, and to still be a successful playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to be able to step up, as you mentioned, um, Oladipo, McConnell, um, Doug McDermott, who um, they're really going to need this year, especially they're going to really need him to shoot the ball like the way he's been doing throughout his entire career so far. And I think this is a big loss for the Pacers, but with the amount of depth that they have and the amount of flexibility that they have, especially when they get Jeremy Lamb back, back in uh, when they're going to get him back in January. They're, they're going to take a hit, definitely. But I, I think this is less impactful than the other injuries because we've seen last year they didn't have Oladipo for a good chunk of the year and they still played really well. And then when he came back, they were con- able to continue that play. So um, I, I think the Pacers are going to be – I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Out of all the injuries that we've discussed, yes, TJ Warren is a big player to lose, but just based on seeing how all these players are stepping up and coming back from injuries like Oladipo has been doing, I think they're going to be fine. They might take a little step back, but they still got, like you said, Doug McDermott, who's probably going to take a step up for them. Sabonis, Turner, all the players that I previously mentioned, they're all going to be able to step up and they're all capable of stepping up. So really, if I'm a Pacers fan, I would not be worried at all. Mm-hmm. And now Harris is going to talk about the interviews that he had. What's up, everyone? This past Thursday, I had the amazing opportunity to interview three Knicks players, Austin Rivers, Emmanuel Quickly, and Theo Pinson. All three of them were super humble players, and what you're about to hear are my interviews with them. Just to clarify, I am not a season ticket holder for the Knicks. That was how long the person that got me this opportunity to do the interviews has been a season ticket holder for. So when you hear me say that I'm a season ticket holder, I just wanted to clarify I'm not a season ticket holder. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Austin. My name's Harris. My name's Harris, and I've been a season ticket holder since 2012. So how have you adjusted and been able to contribute under a new system in New York, coming from being one of the youngest players on a Houston Rockets team to now being a veteran player on the Knicks? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I've honestly just tried not to think too much and just play and just have fun. I think like when you just kind of just focus on not trying to fit in too much and just be yourself and just kind of nationally let things organically happen, I think it works faster for you. Um, it was tough. I didn't have a, I was injured all the training camps. So I didn't get to practice and do all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm still learning plays. Like even last night, some of the plays we called down the stretch, I, I didn't know them as well as I should have. So, um, I'm still learning that, but, uh, you just go out there and compete, man, and just have fun. And like you get, you just, each game you build and get more and more and more comfortable. So that's, that's how I've gotten it done. Just kind of not thinking too much. Yeah. 
Thank you. No problem. Nice to meet you, Harris. Nice to meet you, too. What's up, Emmanuel? Big fan of you. Uh, What's up, bro? I'm doing all right. I've been a season ticket holder since 2012, and my question for you is, how has Coach Tibbs influenced your player style and making you a vital part of the Knicks offense? Uh, that's a great question. I feel like he's influenced me a lot. Uh, he's kind of reminds me a lot of my college coach, uh, Coach Calipari, Kentucky. I feel like they have a lot of similar ways. You know, they're kind of old school in the fact that um, they're going to hold you accountable uh, defensively, offensively. Um, they're going to make you play hard night in, night out, practice hard. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that I got him as, you know, as a rookie, as a rookie player in the league. You know, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. So um, I appreciate him. Thank you. Absolutely. Keep it going. You want All to go right. ahead and ask your question? Yeah. What's up, Theo? I'm a really big fan of you. Been watching you since since North Carolina, and I went to the G League Finals games and watched you play there. So I'm really happy to see you on the Knicks now. Appreciate it. So how, how do you keep the mindset that you can be called on to step up at any given time? That's a great question. Um... I don't know. I think I just, I think of it just as basketball. I, I I don't think much of it. I just try to be ready at all times. I make sure I know every play. I know the game plan. So when I'm in, I'm not sitting there like a deer with headlights, just don't know what's going on. So um, I make sure I pay attention during scouting report, uh, no tendencies of other players. I'm a, I'm a student of the game anyway. So I know that right now. So yeah. Um, is it's one of those things where it's either you take over that opportunity or you don't, and that that determines if you stay in the league or, you, or not. Because sometimes you're not going to come in as the star player. Most people aren't, so right. you're not going to have many opportunities. So I just try to take over every opportunity I get. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. All right, now we're going to move on to the COVID nineteen section of this podcast. Um, first off, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers who had almost all of their uh, players have to quarantine due to um, COVID-19 concerns. Of course, Seth Curry has COVID, which is a huge loss for them. He's been amazing so far this year. And um, these few games that they're going to be missing these guys um, could be really crucial in the, crucial in the long run. Yeah, COVID-19 is not only going to have a major impact on the Sixers, going forward, but a lot of other teams, which we will discuss, but adding on to what Zach said, they're very, very thin with their lineup right now. And really it's not looking too good for them moving forward, just depending on how long it takes for a lot of their team to come back. But when, when your first options are Tyrese Maxey and Danny Green, that's not really what you would. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's no good. I mean, they've got, I mean, I'm just going to list them off, the guys they have out. Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, Terrence Ferguson, Tobias Harris, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, Vincent Poirier, Ben Simmons, and Matisse Thybul. That's nine guys right there. Yeah, and all, pretty, all of them are pretty much key players in their rotation and their lineup. So the COVID-19 has really taken a toll on their team versus the Nuggets and also moving forward. But – if you're a Sixers fan, the good that you could take out of this is that 
Tyrese Maxey is going to have a lot of time to be able to develop his game and get so much playing time where when everyone comes back from this quarantine, he's probably going to be five to 10 times better. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah, he took 33 shots, but he made 18 of them. That's amazing for a rookie. He had 39 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. And what is this, his 10th game in the league? Yeah. What a game he had. And you just – he deserves a round of applause for stepping up for a 76ers team that's missing everyone. The only other rotation players that they had, Danny Green and Dwight Howard. Well done. Yeah, really. So 76ers fans – you're in for a treat for Tyrese Maxey. He's, in my opinion, with just alongside Tyrese Halliburton, they're the two steals of the draft. Tyrese Maxey is a very, very skilled point guard that's going to come a long way for this 76ers team. Yeah, and definitely. That just adds to the depth that they have going forward when they get all of these guys back, especially on the wing. Matisse Thibel, who's promising. Uh, Maxey, of course. Seth Curry. I think they're looking really good. They're seven and three. Yeah, and, and that seven and one cushion prior to the Nets game and the Nuggets game, that is really like a cushion for them for um going forward with these players that have to be out due to the health and safety protocols. Because now, yes, it, it's going to stink for them to be losing games now after a really solid start, but they they could have had like, a, a below 500 start and and now and like they they could be even more worried about going forward and, and recovering from a big fall off from a bad start to the season so at least they had the best start in in the season with all their players and then when maxi comes back they or when the rest of the players come back and maxi's twice to five times as good they're probably going to be even better and they'll be able to recover from maybe a 500 record. Yeah, definitely. And I think the only guy as of right now that has it is Seth Curry, um, which is a big loss. He's been really, really good. He's been able to shoot the ball really well. He's shooting 60% from three right now. I just lights out. Yeah. And like, that's one of the last guys you want to lose. He's, as I mentioned with Thomas Bryant, Seth Curry is one of your glue guys. Now that he's out for two weeks, you're missing your glue guy. So where are you going to get that shooting from? Ben Simmons is going to have to take threes now. Tobias Harris, when he comes, as crazy as that sounds, he's going to have to do it. Um, Tobias Harris, he's going to have to take take more threes. He's already, he's already a solid three-point shooter, and he's been lights out so far from three this year, 45%. Um, so they really need to be have, have guys fill in and hit the three for them. Uh, while Seth Curry's out with COVID. Yeah, with Philly, hopefully they'll be able to recover from this pretty nicely, which I think they will be able to. So moving on to the next biggest team that's going to be affected by COVID-19 is the Boston Celtics. Tonight they're running with eight players in their lineup and probably their best players, Marcus Smart, right now. Yeah, that's a lot of guys out. They've got Tatum out. Uh, Jalen Brown out, Ojale out, who's more of a bench guy, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, and Carson Edwards all have COVID injury, uh, COVID um, related things that they that they're going through. 
Uh, and of course, you know, Kemba Walker still. Um, Romeo Langford is listed as out. So that's so many guys that they have out, and they, that's that's no good. Um, obviously, you don't know when you're going to get COVID, and it's just a really unfortunate start for this team. As, as you mentioned, Marcus Smart's their best player now, and he's not going to be able to give you 25 a night. Um, that's It's really unfortunate, as I mentioned, especially considering that I mean, they don't have, they don't really have a true point guard or anybody for that matter. I don't know about that. I, I think that Marcus Smart can give you 25 a night. I mean, he, if, if he can give you like 15 to 20 in the playoffs, then he can definitely do it now. And I, I think he is a true point guard. Yes, he, he is a good, def- he's a really great defender, an all NBA defender, in fact, but that, that doesn't mean that he's not going to, step up for them he's obviously going to step up do a lot better just like we saw with Tyrese Maxey in the Sixers he's not the most skilled player but he had a 39 point game so Marcus Smart I think is is going to step up for them and he's still he's a good offensive player along with a good defensive player he's a two-way player so I, I think that that and also yeah same they're kind of in the same situation with Philly in the fact that they're Philly and Boston are the top two teams in the East right now. They've got the two best records. So they've both got cushions to, to kind of put their heads on for now yeah. with, with these COVID and with these COVID injuries, I guess, if you want to call it. Yeah. So they're not going to take as big of a hit as a team. Like let's say the Knicks, are, like let's say the Knicks who are uh, five and four right now, I th- we're five and four right now, I think we're more um, average in terms of, uh, record so I, I think they're looking better than um, they're looking better than teams like the Knicks who let's say they had COVID and they had these issues they'd be having more problems but yeah as you mentioned they have that cushion that they can lean on but it's still not an ideal situation of course yeah so moving forward with COVID-19 and the NBA and how it's going to affect teams. I think the biggest thing for teams when it comes to being successful, even with COVID problems with their team and keeping key players out of the game is just depth. Whichever team has the most depth right now is pro- should probably be the less, the least nervous about this virus that could hit their team like the Lakers or the Nets because those teams and also, and same with the Heat, like all these teams, they have so much depth and so many players to rely on that if they have some players that'll that'll have to not play because of health and safety protocols and COVID-19, you, you saw with the Nets, Durant couldn't play because of these COVID-19 protocols and Kyrie had the personal issues, but they still beat Philadelphia. And that was even before they had the COVID problems so Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, they were all playing. So, like, yeah, I, I, I just think the biggest thing right now for teams is just depth. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think that down the stretch, we're going to see teams with depth really pull away due to COVID because it's inevitable. Every team is eventually going to have something we've seen in the NFL. Granted, it's a very different sport and a very different league, but 
it's really, you don't know where it is and you don't, it's everywhere. And the teams with the most depth and the team with even like the best G league players, they're really going to be the ones who are going to be able to perform through this pandemic. Um, if they suffer from a COVID-19 team outbreak. Yeah, for sure. So just like you mentioned, even G league teams, like they, they might even come into play with this, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. And on that note, uh, those were our takes on all of the injuries and COVID-19 concerns in the NBA so far. Thank you for tuning in to the NBA uh, Phenom NBA show. Once again, be sure to follow Phenom Media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, and take a look at the articles posted on phenommedia.net. Thank you.